Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we hear stories from everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. All right. Coming to you live from Mighty Sparrow tonight. Just got in from looking at the stars. Beautiful, clear night. It is cold, though. Holy cow. And it does, I must say, feel really good because the scorcher (laughs) of the last month and a half has been something else to go through and to be able to wear a sweater and jeans and actually long underwear is pretty pretty nice i'm not gonna lie uh, but it's not all it's not all uh you know candy canes and uh, rainbows and butterflies right now uh there's always this period of time where i go through what i call post adventure depression where you go from doing sort of this epic, crazy thing where each day you've got to push on and push forward and make sure that uh, you know your boat doesn't sink and you die. Uh, not that that's a constant threat, but uh, it is sort of, if you don't maintain the boat, you, uh, the boat's going to fall apart. And uh, without the boat, a um, person out at sea is pretty much useless. So... I'm going through this sort of thing at this point, and typically when you get back for the first few days, it's just this honeymoon period. You can't, you're just excited to talk to anybody and everybody, and after a few days, things sort of slow down a little. You've told the story quite a few times, and... I find that I just I stop reaching out to people and I actually just keep turning my cell phone off for long periods of time because I don't know I guess I just need to sort some stuff out in my head Um, you know normally normally this only lasts for a little while so I don't think it's going to be a a permanent thing but it is it is uh, a full-on sort of depression where it's just so hard to motivate and keep going and get into it. There's a million projects that I need to be doing on this boat. Thankfully, I started writing this morning and punching out some some words for the new book about the doldrums. Uh, but it is it's a struggle right now, and I just I don't know. I felt like uh, I felt like it might be worth sharing sharing some of it because it's you know these adventures and things that I do it's not it's not all great times and and experiences and all that I mean I guess you could call this an experience but uh yeah it's it's pretty tricky right now I've got a I've got a I I don't know I mean normally I would attack something like this with the normal I don't know, a uh, game plan of action where you sort of, you get up, you get you get going, you do a little exercise. Um, mostly for me, it's, it's having sort of that project list, things to do, people to reach out to. You know, I'm lucky that I, I have 
quite a few people that um, I can call on a drop of a hat and and chat with and and that that definitely helps. Um, I know that in some situations you don't have that and there really isn't anybody to call who's going to pick up the phone and and just listen to you. So I I definitely have to count my blessings there and I think that's part of it as well is sort of realizing you know, if I got to work on the boat and do some projects that I've done a thousand times before, at least, at at the very least, I'm still just messing about with a boat. And if you asked me when I was working 60 hours a week, what would you do if you didn't have to work? I'd probably tell you I'd just like to have a boat and do projects on it. <laughs> and it's so... It's crazy to think that you can become completely oblivious to that when you're actually in the situation that you're dreaming about. You know, I mean, a month ago, all I could think of was I can't wait to be back on land and off of this boat that is moving and rolling and rocking and making all this noise and making it so hard to sleep. And now that I'm on land, I'm kind of like taking it for granted already and... That's just insane. It sounds so insane to me right now. I mean, these words that are coming out of my mouth don't even make sense. But it's the reality. It it really is. Uh, uh, I'm looking at, I don't know, a million beer cans? <laughs> Maybe not a million. My brother was here, so that, that didn't help, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I um I'm just feeling like a bit of a loser right now and <laughs> uh I just don't I don't have I don't have sort of that outlet, I guess. I mean, I I've tried to upload a, a few things onto uh social media and stuff, but I've I I made the decision to just cut myself out uh as far as uh enjoying other people's content and and stuff like that because I felt like before I left it just wasn't productive to do that and I don't know if it was just the algorithms plugging me into certain videos that just kept bringing me down and down and down or what but uh I don't know. I I I made that decision and I'm I'm trying to stick to it as best as possible and so far I've I've done a pretty decent job. But it's it's just in normal conversation a lot of the stuff that's still going on uh in our country and and in the world is is still coming up. Um and I don't I don't know too much about it. Uh all the variants and all that sort of stuff, but uh I do know I do know that uh, a lot of other people know about all that stuff. <laughs> so there's obviously still a lot of information going out there and and varying opinions and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's not something I want to jump right back into for sure. And so I, I don't know if that's making me feel even more cut off or if, uh, if I dove into that, it would... Uh, be like an accelerant into feeling even worse. So at this point, I'm just going to 
I guess I'll, I'll continue to to post some more videos and things like that, but um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not feeling like diving into YouTube or the news or any of that sort of stuff uh, for a long time. So I don't know. I'm just uh, man. I'm just feeling it. I am I'm feeling the uh, worthlessness and all that that comes with uh, I guess just just regular depression. Um, so it's a bummer and. I'm hoping that it doesn't last a whole lot longer and I can sort of pull myself out of it, which would be pretty nice. Um, you know, normally, like I said, I, I typically sort of attack these things. You know, I know if I'm feeling down, I usually go and go for a walk or a run or do some sort of exercise or something like that. And that usually peps me right back up because I feel like I've been productive. I've got two different books that I'm sort of working on right now so I can always lay down some some words on the old paper that 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 always helps I know today when I did for a couple hours that felt pretty good afterwards um, and then obviously I got a lot of projects on the boat but I'm just looking for I'm looking for that spark that self-motivation that that thing that that snaps you out of it and says get out of bed buddy let's do this you know you can tackle this one and this one and this one this project that project I guess I don't know in some ways when I start thinking about that stuff I get a bit overwhelmed right now because the boat needs quite a bit of work and uh, I don't know if I know how to do all of it Um, but I know if I keep knocking off the projects that I do know how to do, then that list is going to seem a lot smaller and a lot less tedious and a lot less overwhelming. So I can always just do that. And that's, you know, that's, that's my, my go-to. And I have, I have my notebook right here. I've got that page of all the different to-do list things. And, uh, it helps to look at sometimes, but sometimes I look at it and it just, oof, it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do. But just because the list is big doesn't mean that each single project is big. And I got to remember that. And then I also have to remember that the situation could be way worse, um, you know, because... Because of things like the book sales and everything, I'm able to take my time with this fixing the boat and writing the new book without having to worry about working 40 hours a week and draining all my energy. So I I do have to be 100% thankful for that, but that time is going to be short. I'm only going to have a couple of months before that comes to a screeching halt. Uh, and I have to get a job, but I already have a job lined up. So, and that's another thing to be thankful for. So the question is, when I look at these things that I have to be thankful for, I don't know why I still sort of feel, although even just saying it, just saying that stuff out loud has already made me uh, feel a little bit motivated to even maybe do a couple of things tonight. Um, 
<sighs> I don't know. It's it's strange how it does that. It's strange. Trying to sort out the brain. <laughs> I guess that's the ultimate question, really. You know, if you could if you could just it'd be so nice if you could just flip a switch to uh self-motivated, bing, uh energized, bing. We'll turn that one on and creative, bing. And you can just leave those on and then turn them all off right before you go to bed. <laughs> Man, that would be sweet. Ugh. But I do have to say that uh, I've I've picked up a few people who are supporting the podcast. And they've sent me some really great messages, which is fantastic. Um, can't, can't thank those guys enough. You guys all know who you are. And... That's huge. Uh, that's definitely motivated me to charge forth with the podcast and really try to just keep it going and keep it scheduled, get two podcasts out a week uh, and and you know find find good people to interview and, and put together good content and yeah, I mean, you know, if uh, if I had heard absolutely nothing, heard crickets, uh, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't even be doing this podcast. So you guys uh, definitely have have helped make me decide to to keep going with this. So I I do appreciate that. And ah uh, oh, man, and I will be getting to some of those uh, questions, uh, if not on this podcast, definitely on the next one about the barometer and uh, some navigation stuff, but. Tonight I just I don't know I I guess I I just needed to say some things out loud and you know I I I know some people that uh, have have had an exceptionally tough two years now and they've tried to do everything they could on their own to deal with what they were going through and it didn't work and when you keep this stuff hidden away and piped down and you don't talk about it and you don't say what's going on it just makes it so much worse it it's like a a tumor growing inside of you and it's stress and I mean, even though I'm just talking to a microphone, it's still, for some reason, I feel like I'm talking to people because I know people will hear this. I don't know. That's kind of strange, I guess. (laughs) But at the same time, uh, you know, just saying stuff out loud sometimes helps. I know out at sea, I talk to myself all the time when I'm trying to come up with a game plan or make a decision, I'll typically have a little conversation with myself. And I don't think that's weird. I don't do it straight out of the gate. But usually after a few weeks out there, I definitely do. I don't know. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. Going through this weird sort of phase. And, I, you know, like I said, I am really hoping that uh, it's short-lived. But I've been back on land for 11 days now. And... Though the first bunch of days were fantastic and overwhelming with joy and happiness, it's it's definitely slid back off 
off the rails, and I'm trying to find a nice little equilibrium and get into, just get into sort of being myself again and doing the things that I know that I should be doing and and doing them with a smile on my face. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, really, is no matter what you're doing, if you've got a genuine smile on your face while you're doing it, then you're doing the right thing. So the trick is to find out how you can do that without having to take a pill or do something like that, I suppose. So I don't know. Um, I think my game plan at this point is to uh, sort of dive right in and I'll start either tonight or tomorrow morning, but uh, for sure that that list is going to be sitting right here on the table when I get up. I'm going to try and get out and do a nice little walk, even though it's supposed to be about 35 degrees tomorrow morning, but hey, throw some extra clothes on, a few extra layers of long underwear, and I should be fine. Go for a nice mile-long walk. Breathe some good air, get some oxygen, and uh, then come back and try and attack the day. Because I, I know, I know from past experience, the more productive and the harder I work during the day, the better I'm going to feel that night, and the better I'm going to feel the next morning, because I know I've already gotten that stuff done, as opposed to feeling for some reason that I deserve to be able to just as opposed to as opposed to just being able to sit around and watch movies and do nothing and uh relax and you know there is definitely always a time for that but in the long run it's not going to it's not going to help me at all because the next day, then there's just more stuff that I probably should have done that I didn't do because I felt like just lying around and doing nothing. And the best days when I think back on them are the days where I did more stuff than I ever thought I could ever do. And typically during during that, you're definitely feeling overwhelmed and it's crazy and running around and all sort of stuff, but... By the end of the day, when you look back on what you did, then then you have this sense of accomplishment. And I think, for me personally, that's one of the biggest drivers for the next day and the next day and the next week and the next month. And you get that ball rolling, and then suddenly you have momentum. And I guess that's what I'm looking for right now, right now on Old Mighty Sparrow. And I guess instead of the ball, let's say the boat. Right now the boat is just adrift, and we are just floating. We got no sails up. <laughs> I, got a, I got a chart on the table. I got a passage plan I'm trying to make. But for whatever reason, the last few days I have not been able to conjure up the energy to go raise a sail but that is going to change and I think this podcast really is just the the first step 
And even though I'm only going to talk for a few more minutes here, and then we're going to get into uh, some of the more, uh, a few more of uh, the podcasts that I I recorded out on the ocean, because the next few are pretty short. I don't know. I just felt like I needed to talk about this and get it out there and uh, just share share the fact that uh, the old the old uh, the old captain of mighty sparrow sometimes gets pretty down <laughs> when he comes back to land. Doesn't know how to keep going. My world has changed. I've gone from squalls and and lightning and waves and wind to uh, cars and and uh dinners and and people and and emails and all this sort of stuff that uh, I'm trying to whittle through at this point and uh make sense of it all I guess it is it is strange the the amount of purpose that I I had each day and night out there is so very very different from trying to I almost feel like now Back on land, I, I have to create purpose where out on the ocean, it's just there. Your your purpose is keep the boat in shape, keep it from sinking and breaking, and keep it moving to your destination. And I think that's what I I definitely always have a little bit of trouble with. So, so that's enough of me. Uh, ranting and raving. I'll I'll clue you guys in uh, on the next one about uh, how things are going, just to keep everybody in the loop. Um, I hope this wasn't too whiny or complainy because I I definitely don't want it to seem like that. I am thankful for so so many things uh, in this world and couldn't couldn't uh, imagine being being blessed in more ways, but. Uh, even even with all that, sometimes sometimes it's hard to want to keep pushing on and want to keep going and finding that joy in life. And like I said, it already already feels better just being able to talk about it completely honestly and to <laughs> a bunch of people that I don't know. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, so... We're going to lead this right into um, the second in the series of uh, podcasts that I recorded out on the ocean. I don't even know what this this one is going to be, Um, so we're just going to roll right into it. So enjoy. Thanks for listening. And we're live out here, Board Sparrow, once again. Welcome to the podcast. The only uh, podcast brought to you from... The ocean while we're sailing on this beautiful November 8th, 2021. So we are concluding our 21st day at sea, three weeks uh, at noon today. So uh, that's pretty exciting stuff. Other than that, we are, um, as far as our location goes... We are in a, a notoriously calm area called the Azores High, and we sort of wandered in here unwittingly. I thought I was staying far enough north, but uh, this thing moves around. It's like a blob, uh, kind of swings around between Bermuda and 
in the Azores, and uh, I went through it on the last trip uh, for a long, long time. And the only part about that was that I had 250 gallons of diesel that I wanted to burn. So it wasn't too bad. I was always moving. This time around, if I, I you know, I got to save what I only have 60 gallons. I've probably used 10 gallons of it so far doing battery charging and stuff. So uh, it's not like basically once the wind quits, then uh, sales come down and I just sit there, which has happened about five, six times uh, over the last three, four days. When I look at the chart, it's it's like epic, just ripping all the way down, sort of headed in a general southeast direction from Maine. Big inch, inch and a half gaps in between each of the uh, daily positions. And then the last three days uh, are essentially all within one inch. <laughs> so we're looking at going from 140 mile days to uh, 40 mile days, which is always a little disheartening at noon when you do the position report. But hey. It's uh, it's not too bad. The swell has finally ceased uh, pretty much starting yesterday. And that just means that when, when the wind does quit and the sails come down, the boat's not rolling like crazy. Ooh, excuse me. Um, and uh, things are a lot more comfortable. I've pretty much isolated any and all shifting objects except for one can of something probably ravioli or spaghettios or something like that but it is in the worst possible place and i think back to maine when i was shoving that stuff down there and i knew what was going on top of it and i didn't take any steps to make sure that that stuff was really lodged in there because normally with cans it's when I'm doing it, I'll like to, I'll use like rags or or you know old shirts, things like that, anything to make sure they get wedged in. Because if they break loose, even if a can is only rolling a half an inch one way and then back against a wall, you're done. You've got every every single five seconds when the boat tips a little and then tips back, clunk, 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 and it drives you absolutely mad. I've been able to sort of not have this one bother me so much. I don't know how. Maybe I'm just becoming more patient in my old age. But, uh, mm. yeah, so just to give you a description. So this can is underneath a floorboard, which is underneath the port side bunk. But underneath that, or over the top of the floorboard hatch, is my 50-gallon water tank, the little uh, water bladder, which is screwed in. Um, and then it has uh, a big plank of wood across it, which is screwed in as well. The only issue is, because I thought about, oh, I'll just disassemble, pull it out. The only problem is that water bladder weighs a lot. I was thinking about it. I was thinking, it's probably got at least 25 gallons in it. So that's probably about 200 pounds because I think a gallon of water is eight pounds. Could be way off on that. But uh, yeah, so if I unleash that beast too early, I might not be able to get it back in there. And uh, 
So kind of just not touching it, going with it for now. Um, I am working on slowly drinking that uh, that water in that bladder. Uh, it tastes freaking aw. It tastes like the inside of a brand new plastic thing. And I rinsed it out and everything, but wow. It's not so bad, though, because I do have the uh, pure water filters, and they take the taste right out of it, which is nice. And at least I know it's nice and clean. The water in my... my aft main tank though ugh, just it's got this taste to it and it's just i don't know and uh a bonehead i am i i've got bleach on board because you know 30 gallon tank you might put one drop of bleach in it just that way it kills off any bacteria and stuff bleach i got's got detergent in it so it's all bubbly and all that so i can't i'm not putting that in my tank uh, I don't mind the faintest whisper of regular, just standard bleach in the water, as long as it's not too overpowering. But again, I can use the pure water filters, but I don't know. Water, water's always kind of an issue. Luckily, we've had some nice little squalls here, here and there. And uh, like this morning, I wake up, a uh, nice little squall comes in right away. Uh, bucket's already up there hanging from the goose gooseneck, and... Uh, so go up after five minutes, and I have about a half gallon of water, and it tastes absolutely perfect. We're still in an area where you can actually drink the water that you catch. We are very shortly going to be entering an area where it's not so good. Um, I don't know, though. It's, it's kind of weird because I, I, I remember when I was about 600 miles off the coast of Africa, off the Sahara, any water that I caught there went rancid after 24 hours it was just disgusting and i don't know even to just drink it straight away i feel like you're you're getting some some pretty gross stuff in there so pretty much from about 30 north all the way down i would say until about 10 degrees north um and halfway across the atlantic towards and then towards africa that that whole area, that water is just no good. It's just got too much dust and particles and bacteria and stuff in it. So don't drink it. Don't drink it unless you absolutely have to. And uh, But, yeah, once you get further south, you're getting into the doldrums and all that sort of stuff. Um, but down there, the airflow is basically coming from uh, not the Sahara, but like the Congo and all that sort of stuff. So. I figure that's way better. Although you are definitely getting some chemicals from all the, um, all the oil refineries and all the heavy industry in Nigeria and all that sort of stuff. Believe it or not, you can smell it. Um, I on my first trip around the world, I definitely smelled it, and I was like five. Oh gosh, no, I must have been a thousand miles away from it. But you could, for days, you just sort of picked up this. Just this little hint of exhausty oiliness. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty gross. Pretty gross. Uh, other, other updates? Um, you know, not too much. So, in the Azores High, it's light winds, um, lots of calms. The sunsets and sunrise is very reminiscent of the doldrums, just on a smaller scale. So... A cumulonimbus cloud here looks amazing. It's big. It's beautiful. 
but multiply that times 10 when you get to the doldrums and then you're you're like whoa it's the difference between i don't know mount uh Mount Denali and, and, and Mount Everest. Not that I've seen either of them, <laughs> but so, yeah. Um, mm. so it's been good. It's, it's casual. I mean, after going through all the stuff with Wanda and, and just, just hauling the mail, getting out here and now just heavy weather, constant motion, like, Whoa, my gosh, it's pretty nice to have a nice calm couple of days. Because once the trades kick in, it's going to be back to sort of bouncing and moving. Hopefully, I am able to get far enough east that I can be broad reaching my way down. Um, looking at the chart, I'm going to try and just ride um, 30 degrees, 30 degrees uh, west all the way down. That'll give me some wiggle room at the doldrums. Um, and... Yeah, just almost almost following the same path that I followed coming back up north uh, along the coast of uh, Brazil and all that sort of stuff. I still have to stay pretty far off of that 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 coastline, but um, yeah, I mean, once I get down there, then I'm in the southeast trades, but I'm headed towards Cape Horn, so it's going to be reaching and uh, broad reaching. So it's going to be fast. I, I first estimated that I would probably be down um, trying to round Cape Horn mid-January, but I have a feeling it might be early January, which is fine with me. I think any time between uh, mid-December and mid-February is probably your best bet, um, just for weather weather issues and, and the least frequency of, of really bad, bad weather, so... Who knows? We'll see. I'm not trying not to think too much about it because it freaks me out, <laughs> uh, to tell you the truth. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just taking her one ocean at a time. In planetary news, we have been seeing beautiful conjunctions up in the sky. Since I've left, we've we've always had Jupiter and Saturn and then Venus uh, following the sun. But now that we are... Uh, coming along towards our second full moon, we're still at the crescent, but it is waxing, which means it's getting bigger. Um, last night, maybe two fingers away when you hold your arm out, that's what I mean, two fingers, uh, separated Venus and the crescent moon, and the crescent moon was sort of pointed right at it uh, with its two prongs. So it looked really, really cool, very similar to uh, the Tur Turkish flag. Um, that sort of looking thing in the sky. It's just super bright. And then just the pink and orange glow of the sunset illuminating these these small cumulus clouds. Had a very South Pacific-y uh, sort of feel to it color-wise. But then seeing the moon and all that, I felt like I was back in uh, Marmaris, Turkey or... Something like that. I don't know. It was it was pretty cool. But uh, the scenes, the morning scenes and the uh, sunset scenes have been great. Weather has been just beautiful. Today, I believe, we're about 79 degrees. The wind, knock on wood, is, is and has been blowing since last night, uh, which is the longest spell in uh, quite a few days. We're not going exactly the direction I want. 
Yeah, we're headed due south right now, and I would much rather be headed um, southeast, but, you know, take it what you can. Right now, with a, it's kind of it's interesting sail plan-wise. You get in these really light wind conditions, and there isn't much swell, and the sea's relatively flat. You can use, I can use a drifter, which is a, just a huge, like, code zero, like 200% or more, um, very lightweight material. I can use that to try and eke my way upwind a little bit. It's not very efficient. Um, but as far as being able to get the boat up to five knots in six knots of breeze or seven knots of breeze, then it's the one I want to use. So right now I'm kind of close reaching, so close to the wind, but not hard on it. And uh, sails billowed out a little, but uh, I've got the staysail, I've got the big drifter, and I've got the full mainsail. So, and I've switched back to the light wind mainsail, or the original mainsail um, that I had to switch out for going through that storm. Uh, I wanted to make sure I had the real deal. And boy, you know when that when that sucker was. <laughs> I just in the height of that when the eye wall. It was coming in, man. It just was like, <laughs> and it didn't let up. And I just had the tediest bit of sail off of the boat to just healed over at like 45. Oh my gosh, that was nuts. Just like, yeah, Sparrow, you can do it. Hope I don't get hit by a huge wave. Oh gosh. Ah, but yeah, working my way definitely through, uh, through some of this wine supply. I figure I have to, uh, had two count them two of these bags pop and uh the library aboard sparrow will forever uh smell a little bit like a crisp white franzia delicious um so had to drink those i did tape one up i gotta check that but i have one two three four five six seven Seven more boxes of wine, and I think I'm actually going to go, or eight, nine. I think I've got nine total. I'm going to go through the ones up on the wine rack and make sure that they uh, are all in good tact. The hard thing is you get one that pops or gets wet or whatever, and the cardboard box is no longer usable, but then you can't store them where you were storing them because... Now it's just a bag that's rolling all over the place. So basically it has to go directly into the fridge, which that uh, works. You know, it works. The only problem is when the wine's in the fridge, it's pretty easy to grab. And I grab it. It'll be like 10 in the morning. And I'm like, well, I feel a nap coming on. Might have myself a little, oh, let's have a uh, Sauv Blanc. Hmm. <clears throat> so... I don't know. My sleep patterns are so messed up out here that I, I figure it doesn't really doesn't really matter. And eventually I'm going to run out of the stuff anyway, so. Mm. But right now this is pretty good. Oh, man. Got to do an update. <clears throat> so every day, right around this time, I send an update to the first person gets an update is my ma. Uh, just about the position where I'm at, still alive, all that, yada, yada. Um, and I do that at 8 o'clock 
uh, Michigan time. And then an hour later, I do the update for the MS Society. Boy, I'll tell you, that guy, um, Joe, he's my contact there. And, um, you know, he sort of signed on for, for doing these updates. So I'm sending them directly to his cell phone. And I'm sure in some ways he probably thought like, oh, yeah, you know, no big deal. Now, almost a month into this, he's got to be like, oh, my gosh, these freaking things. Unless he's interested in it, trying to make it as enthralling as possible. Um, that way, at least when he reads it, he's sort of like, oh, okay, cool. Instead of just like, wow, 10 more months of this, huh? Wow. I'm going to calculate it up. I'm going to ask him when I get back. You know, how long it takes him from the minute I send it to him to him being finished with it. And if it's like two minutes or something like that, I can calculate exactly how many hours of his life were lost (laughs) updating the MS fundraising page. All for a good cause, though. All for a good cause. All right. So, got to say something to me, Ma. I think I'm just going to go with the standard, you know, light winds continue and the seas are still calm starting uh to enjoy this relaxed lifestyle misspelled it lifestyle Uh, I would say not sure I want to go to Cape Horn anymore, like as a joke, but she'll get all like, oh, well, that's a great idea. Um, this relaxed lifestyle. I'm getting spoiled. Oh, man, this autocorrect on this app is spoiled. There we go. Do-do-do-do-do, and... Yeah, getting spoiled. Doing a podcast right now. So watch what you say. (laughs) Oh, man, too funny. Uh, I wonder what this part of the podcast is going to sound like to anybody listening. They're probably just like, okay, you probably should have just paused it. Um yeah, I'm just going to send that out there, and that's it. So, yeah, daily update. Boom. Mom knows I'm safe. Everything's all good, and uh, she can go on with her day. Never forgets to remind me how I know nothing about worry because I have no children, and I never will, and how much I stress her out, and she will not get a good night's sleep until I return. <laughs> And I laugh at that, but I know it's uh, actually not a funny thing. It, it's, a, it's a serious consideration, I think, uh, that I've had for a long time. Not so much with the Appalachian Trail, I think, because that was sort of the first adventure. But, uh, you know, you, you do. You put people through a lot of stress when you do things like this. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's a selfish thing. It really is. Um, you know you're stressing somebody out. But uh, I've, I've tried to sort of uh, quantify my decision and say, well, you know, wouldn't you be more worried about me if I was miserable at a desk job and 
letting life slip past me in every way and knowing that I was absolutely terribly unhappy. And usually her answer is a quick no. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Who knows? Who knows? I try. I just, you know, you can't please everybody. You have to live your own life. But you also want to be, the, you know, a good person and you want to consider other people. And, you know, if you don't have to stress people out, then don't do it. Even considered on this trip telling my mom I was just going to the Caribbean. <clears throat> but that would be lying. And again, that would be a bad thing. But would that lie save her from having to be all stressed out? Who knows? These are things I think about. Oh, the ocean. It is great out here. And the plastic is thinning out. So I think we're going to start doing some more fishing. Last few uh, days or last week, I think I was going through a pretty condensed part of the patch out here. Um, you, could, you could literally see the tiny bits of plastic as you were floating by. And uh, so I caught a couple fish, but once I caught them, I just was thinking to myself, one, I was like, oh, this one's a little small. Um, two... Its belly is probably full of plastic, and so threw that fish back, and all I wanted to do was let the lure out so I could wind it all back in nice and neat. Caught another one. Probably the same one. Um, who knows? But So that didn't work out all that well. I ended up catching two fish that I didn't even want. But they do. I mean, the plastic bits are teeny. The flying fish eat them, and then... The mahi eat flying fish, and the plastic uh, ends up coming right back to whoever eats who next. And, man, it is just such poetic justice that that is happening. Oh, man. Ooh, nice little wind shift. Now we're headed southeast. I like that. It's kind of weird when, when Sparrow has this much sail up. I mean, way more than normal. Um, she has a tendency to waggle a little bit. Moving up, moving down, this, that, the other thing. I don't think, Ma I think Mongo's sort of like, geez, guy, you want me to do this? What? Oh, uh, the other day, holy smokes, I was having fits and vapors at Mongo. <laughs> in case of the vapors. That was always the funniest, funniest uh, term back in the day. Yeah, so Mongo would, it was really light winds. And Mongo sometimes struggles in those. Uh, and the swell was still up a little bit. So as Sparrow gets pushed forward, we get all this apparent wind. And Mongo doesn't know what to do with it, blah, blah, blah. In any event, it would, as soon as Mongo tried to correct to a certain direction, all of a sudden it went like turbo. It reached a point and then went, and then we just jibe because it couldn't stop. And I'm like, what? And I'd have to run up there and, and fix it. And um, I couldn't, I thought I just was tuning it wrong or conditions, this, that, and the other thing. No. Uh, I finally watched it. I sat there for probably 10 minutes just watching it, waiting for it to happen so I could see what's actually going on. And there's this stupid little tripping line um, down that connects to sort of the hydro blade part parts in the water. And this had somehow wrapped its way barely just around the backside of it. So as soon as that hydro blade moved 
just a little bit far enough, it tightened down on that line, which then forced it all the way over, which then forced it even further and, you know, uh, continued the cycle. And so basically it just took it over and was like, there we go. You're turning, bud. And, um, yeah, so I felt pretty good after, after I discovered that one. And then Mongo was working perfect. Been doing great. Feeding him his oil every morning and, uh, yeah, he's he's really doing well. All right, I'm going to do a quick, it's been just about 30 minutes. I'm going to do a quick look up top just in case. AIS doesn't say there's anything there, but, eh, you know, get a little paranoid here and there. So pausing for un secundo. And we are back. Okay. Yeah. It's uh all clear up there. As per usual, it's a little close. Um, yeah, so we're looking pretty good up there. The wind does seem to be dying off just a skosh, but uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to go up and change some sails around, I think. <clears throat> we're starting to head. Oh, actually, no, we're heading good now. I don't know. We'll have to see. The one thing I am noticing, though, on the subject is uh, very hazy conditions coming in the air out here up until just now has been crystal clear see for as far as you possibly can you can see to the curve of the earth flat earthers beware i'm a glober (laughs) so ridiculous i even i you know it's so funny too because i (laughs) it's not like i need to prove it to myself but I like to play what I call the dipping point game where you see a ship on the radar or on the AIS that's about 12, 15 miles out and you can't see it from where I am at deck level. But if it's calm out, climb about halfway up the mast and boom, there's the ship in all its glory because I can just see above the dip. My dipping point changes the higher I go, so... I don't know. I one of these days, I think what I'm gonna do is probably strap the old GoPro on, and uh, but you know, I, it'll probably try and get debunked. This, that, and the other thing. It's an illusion. It's a mirror imaging. It's a fractal. I don't even know what that is. Um, but yeah. So uh, I think the only other other thing is the old battery issue. The game of the charge. And it's been, it's been interesting. So earlier on, I think I had talked about, I found a dud battery, um, took it out of the equation. So now I'm running on three 12 volt batteries in the house and then one for the engine, which for my low power consumptions is, is more than, more than plenty. Um, I could probably even drop down to just two house batteries and still run everything I need to, but um, the fridge is definitely the major the major power suck on this boat um, for sure. But I am chipping away. Only got like four more hams, three more hams, uh, two more things of bacon, um, and then all those eggs. But uh, you know, it's it's been it's been interesting. So to try to repair. Um, these batteries, all I can do is try to give them full charge every single day for as long as possible. And, uh, I've seen that work before 
and help help my batteries out and bring them back to life. And essentially, what I'm gauging is uh, when I when I was when I left, as soon as I turned the engine off, boom, the volts would go right down to 12.4, and then just continue to sort of fall off after that. Especially when the fridge kicked on, and then you know waking up in the morning and it's 11.7 I think was the lowest I saw which is too low it's it's I like if I can keep that if I can keep those batteries at, at 12 and above for the whole night and the fridge has been running for some of that period that's perfect that to me is is okay um, but now over the last few days which have been really sunny today we're gonna probably get to the full charge stage here within the next uh then in the next little bit, depending on this haze, I don't know if this haze is going to mess with it a little. I don't know. Might might give it a boost where I go and turn the engine on for about 20 minutes just to bring the battery level up, get that get that bulk charge up, and then and then let the solar keep boosting it up afterwards. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. But in any event, now when when the sun goes down, the batteries hold at about 12.7, which is definitely a major increase. And then when the fridge kicks on, it doesn't drop off quite as fast. So they're already starting to hold a much better charge for longer. And uh, I just have to keep an eye on the fridge. The fridge is kind of strange. Um, it's an older one. It's one of those Frigo boat things. And uh, sometimes I turn it down. I'll have it down all the way down to like three out of seven. Um on the scale and I'll go and feel in there and it's the whole plate is freezing up still. And it's like, wow, I don't need it that cold. I'm not trying to, I don't want, I don't want the ham and stuff to just freeze thaw, freeze thaw. I don't, I don't think it's getting anywhere close to that. Um, except maybe on the edges or something, but I just want to keep that stuff cold enough. I, it was crazy. I thought, I thought those hams were going to, you know, I thought they were going to have to stay frozen so that they could, be eaten way past their expiration date but the expiration date's like december 22nd or something like that they're they're like whole little hams so who knows uh you know aboard here uh unless it really smells bad i'll i'll still eat it or if it uh upsets my stomach then i won't eat it anymore but neither of those have uh, been a case yet cooked up some nice hash browns and uh and eggs and put them on a a nice tortilla today. That was delicious. Hash browns. I got to, you know, some of the, the potatoes are starting to grow a little eyes on them. So got to make sure. Ooh, there's a message back from me. Ma. Let's see what she has to say. She'd probably be upset that I'm reading this. Well, enjoy it while it lasts. Smiley face. Nice. Right on that account, because it won't last. We will be back to rocking and rolling in no time. Those Northeast trades are wicked out here uh, sometimes, and especially when they tunnel. If you, if you, the closer you can get to like the Canaries and all that sort of stuff, that's where they really. I think they call it like the por Portuguese trades or something. But they can really be, you know, thirty knot winds for a long time. <clears throat> but in any event. Oh, what else is new on Old Sparrow? Not too much. Uh, still battling with the one casualty of um, of the storm, Wanda, and that was uh, my soda stream. And uh, it broke, but it broke the little top part that it screws into, and um, 
I'm getting closer though, folks. I'm getting closer to having it fixed. So the first step was using super glue to put all the pieces back together. Tested that and, you know, CO2 spraying everywhere. And then I coated that in 5200. As soon as I pressed it, you could see the CO2 almost trying to bubble it out like it was bubble gum. Uh, and then as it hardened up more, then CO2 spraying everywhere. So then I covered that in West Systems. And uh, that seemed to work pretty well, except the CO2 is still escaping through just the top part, which I kept clear for the original little mechanism. So I figure, okay, I got to get rid of this mechanism because it's going to cover all the stuff on the top. Um, so I've sort of switched it out with a screw. Long story short, put more 5200. So it's got super glue, then 5200, then West Systems, now 5200. And it's coated top to bottom over the whole top of this thing. So it's pretty much sealed. And then later on today or tomorrow, because he really got to make sure the, the pressures on this thing are, are insane. So I got to make sure that uh, everything cures perfectly. So probably tomorrow I will then put another layer of 5200 over the top of all of it. And that will sort of be the strength of it. So the 52 is the sealant. The West Systems is the strength. And uh, who knows? Who knows? Could be drinking a nice little homemade White Claw. I hope so. I've got like four of those canisters. They were expensive. I don't know why I didn't just buy. No, I know why I didn't buy a second second one because at that point I was already having such uh, buyer's remorse, having to go to the grocery every single day. You know, sometimes twice a day and just spending everything. It's like, oh, I don't need to buy any more. Uh, such an idiot. That and why I didn't stash it in a better place. I never would have thought it was going to come out from where it was, but you know, you get in that rough weather and it happens. It was just one big, big drop off of a wave. Whoa, crash down. Oh, that's the other thing the bowsprit. So the little footpaths on either side of the actual bowsprit, uh, which is, I think it's three sandwiched pieces of Douglas fir. Really pretty hefty old, uh, hefty old thing, but those. Those little platforms got flexed up enough that they cracked all of the uh, all the varnish and all that sort of stuff uh, right around where these things get connected. And I didn't I didn't want to just revarnish it and have it happen again, so I put 52 on it just to seal it so that water won't be getting in between these little footpaths and the actual bowsprit because there is there there's three bolts that run through the entire thing to sort of stiffen it all up and i don't know as it's it's not a great design i don't know why uh i don't know why the bottom of the footpath isn't like angled in a way so that when it hits the water it disperses the pressure instead of just taking it on a flat surface because you know, eventually the sea's going to rip that sucker apart anyway. Um, I did think about taking it apart, uh, but eh, I don't think we need to go that far. At least not yet. And I would much rather do that in the boatyard and then come up with some other system 
to sort of alleviate the issue. But definitely a weak point on this boat because if you're going and pitching into some major seas and dropping off and slamming down uh, into that water, that force is just absolutely incredible. And, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Whoa, got a nice little puff there. Woo-hoo-hoo. Doing six knots. 154 over the ground. That's not too bad. That's southeast, guys. I think true southeast is 145 degrees. Uh, there is a, uh, a nice little squall cloud a couple miles up. And uh, if, if we're lucky, we're going to get just ahead of it. And then uh, it'll give us a nice little lift. Uh, but I don't think, even if it rains, I don't think I'm going to be trying to catch any of it with all this haze. Got all that bacteria in there. Super gross. Yuck. Mm. Well, that's all I got at this point. I'm just kicking back, reading books, drinking wine, trying my darndest to keep the boat moving and moving well. Um, Ideally still, I'd like to get to 30 degrees west before I drop down, which is still another... I don't know. Uh... I guess it's another like 300 miles or so to the east of me. But uh, yeah, if we can do that and we can keep her going, uh, we should be good. Getting everything uh, fixed up and ready for another blast of uh, a week or two to get down to the doldrums. And then I'm sure that's when we'll do the next podcast once I get down there. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting uh, smaller sails and bigger winds. But I'm also really enjoying the flat, flat ocean out here. It is, uh, it is nice. But uh, you know, six, eight foot waves. As long as I get to broad reach, that's the biggest thing. Just being able to broad reach, take the sting out of the wind, really move the boat fast, surf the waves. It sure is much better than uh, beating into them, uh, or even reaching across them. Although reaching across them isn't so bad. Um, but it is, boy, if you can just 10 degrees past that downwind, oh, it is it is what Sparrow craves and is what I love. So hope everybody out there has a good time today and this week and this winter and uh, the spring. And uh, then I'll be seeing you hopefully after that sometime. So thanks for listening and uh, talk to you later.